Welcome to Gross Anatomy. And so, welcome to Gross Anatomy. Welcome. Where, and I'm Dr. Jason Cohen, and the phone is ringing in the background, and there, and I'm joined by... Lauren Taylor. Lauren Taylor, our executive, super executive producer, and uh, co-host, and um, again, Gross Anatomy, where we discuss the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it relates to pop culture, entertainment, and the world around us. I like that one, the world around us. So what are we talking about today? I wanted to talk to, about nightmare bacteria in this New York Times article that came out. So that's what you wanted to talk about? I was like... You I didn't mean, want to address our question yet? Oh, I do want to address Oh, but that'll question. be later? No, let's do the question. No, we could do bacteria. <laughs> let's start. You're in charge. Because we've been putting it on Instagram. We have a question. We have a question. And the question is, is cancer on the rise? Is cancer on the rise? What do you think, Lauren? As a lay person, I go back and forth on it. I feel like with all this stuff, with all this push for like breast cancer research and all these runs and everything that's done to like give more and more and more and more money to research, it's how much? How much money? I don't know how much money it is, but it's just like Uh everyone's giving to these organizations and everyone's aware of breast cancer. But I feel like it's my chances aren't going down. Is that correct? Your chances of getting breast cancer aren't going down. Yeah, that that's correct. I think so. So um, that is an interesting answer to your thoughts on, on the no, question. No, I'm sorry. I yeah. just I just so don't no, think I it's agree. going down. Yeah, I'm not no. sure if it's going up. Right. Um, I think so. A few things you you actually touched upon it. We're because of the fact that we're more aware, because of the fact that we're doing more screening and more diagnostic tools. We are definitely catching more cancers, and we're catching more cancers earlier. So to some degree, because we're doing all these mammograms and screening and incidental scans showing up other things, we're finding a lot of cancers that, for all we know, we might never have caught in someone that may have popped up 10, 15, 20 years down the road when the person dies from something else. So that's an ongoing conversation. Are we just catching and finding more cancers early cancers because we're just looking for them more? Um, And the answer is to some degree, yes, we're looking for them more, so we're finding them more. But then it does seem, and it may just be anecdotal, it does seem that more and more young people seem to be um, showing up with cancers. It, do, it it may just be a trend that that we're finding them earlier in in people. And again, it may just be because we're more aware, we're diagnosing, we're charting, we're keeping track of these people. But I think overall, the mortality, death from cancers might be going down. But I think the incidences of us coming up with cancers and certain cancers are still going up. And a lot of that is... Um, chalk it up to just good old American living, you know, uh, the way we eat, the way we live, um, obesity, and all of that is certainly causing, to a large degree, cancers to rise. So how do you tell people to avoid cancer? It seems like some people are just going to get it. Yeah, well, to some degree, I am a little bit of a fatalist, even though I'm a cancer surgeon. But uh, about two years ago, I had this epiphany that um, I wasn't getting any younger, and that um, as we age, more and more stuff's going to happen. More and more stuff is going to pop up. And I felt that there are certain things that we can do to kind of protect ourselves, maybe prevent cancer or maybe maybe not even prevent cancer, but maybe um, if cancers do pop up, allow them to grow slower or cause harmful effects slower um, and even 
my other thought was, sure, if I do get cancer, I want to at least be in better shape to fight that cancer. So I started eating differently and trying to exercise almost every day when possible. Um, and I do try to, my kids make fun of me. I kind of became that weird guy who's not pure vegan, but I really do strive to be as much as possible, really more of a plant-based diet, more than um I really try to limit my animal products as much as I can. Like you're, that's a good point. That you're just making sure your body, in case you do get cancer, is able to fight cancer right. as best right. it can, or it, or either fight it or or slow down the growth of it and the progression of it. That's kind of been my goals. And I guess that's always interesting to me too, because you always hear things are more likely to cause cancer. Like maybe eating too much meat can cause cancer, but none of that is that actually. Is there anything that we can say? There's no real data for sure. I mean, there have been some studies. There's this whole China study thing, and that's what kind of got me on the path of considering being a vegan. Um, there's a book called The China Study that I read some years ago that's terribly boring but interesting. Um, and a fellow doctor had turned me on to it, a lung doctor, a good guy named Roy Artal. I'll give him a shout-out. Um, who is He's a strict, raw vegan. Very impressive. I can never do that. Uh, but the book basically talks about a study, the China study, they took two groups of, do you know this book? No, I they don't. They took two groups of mice, or was it mice or rats, I don't remember, 50 in each group, and they fed one group a uh, plant, pure plant-based diet and the other group an animal product diet, and they gave both of those groups a known toxin that is known to cause cancer. I think aflatoxin, that's actually found in peanuts sometimes. Um, and sure enough, the animal-fed protein group, uh, almost all of them or a large percentage of them got cancer and died. Um, and the non the plant-based animals did fine. Most of them did not get cancer. And, and I may even be misquoting. It might be like drastic numbers. I don't remember if it's all of each group, but the animal-based ba- animal group got cancers. And then I think they didn't let them die. They got tumors. And I think they then took that group of 50 and divided them in half and said, okay, now that these mice or rats have tumors, let's keep 25 of them on the animal plant-based diet. And let's put the other 25 on to switch them to a plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, the animal ones did eventually die, and some of the plant-based ones either regressed or slowed down and hung around longer. And that that was kind of, that's interesting. And it's been, to some degree, you know, there have been studies in humans, too, of people with cardiac disease and malignancies about switching to a plant-based diet and having success. I don't know if there's any amazing published paper out there, randomized controlled, which is, you know, the gold standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally haven't checked, but just reading that anecdotally, this book, and and then just, you know, personal experiences um, made me a believer to some degree. And you feel better when you eat vegan? I do feel better when I, not so much when I eat vegan, but when I limit my animal products to almost none or, you know, rare a rare cheat, I personally notice I feel better overall, more energy, less aches and pains of just life, I think. Okay. Yeah, which is weird. Right. So cancer might not be on the rise. I mean, I guess that on the rise from when, I guess you would have to say. Right. Just in general. Probably yeah. People are probably just wary of everything giving us cancer nowadays. Everything gives you cancer. It's a song by Joe Jackson from years ago. 
Joe Jackson, the guy who sings that song, is she really going out with him? I love Joe Jackson. (laughs) You know Joe Jackson. So he sang a song on one of his albums called Everything Gives You Cancer. Very, very, uh, and it was in the 80s. He, He was smart, like TV, microwave, you know, you name it, it gives you cancer. To some degree, yeah, maybe. I th- did we talk about it last time about cell phones? Yeah. Yeah. That could possibly... Who knows? Yeah. Nobody knows. That's the thing. Yeah. But then, yeah, back in the day, they weren't even really tracking cancer as much, right? Right. It was definitely not tracked. The databases weren't there. So a lot of it is awareness to some degree. Um, but it, it's really hard to say for sure. But would you say the cancer survival rate is now a yeah. lot better because of the technology? Right. I think the survival rate is better because, um, well, one, we're catching them earlier. So, you know, when you treat someone early, uh, their their success rate for cure is much better. So that's one. But the other thing is we do have a lot of better treatments for many of the cancers. Um, and we are getting better in a lot of the fields. Certainly there are many that are still, um, unfortunately, caught late and still pretty bad. But, um, but the survivorship, I think, is improving. Great. What, did, what was the other topic you wanted to go into today? Nightmare bacteria. Nightmare bacteria. So I am not necessarily talking about nightmare bacteria or cancer. But you just, for some reason, it just popped into my head. I had this conversation with my kids in the car, my two teenage daughters. It's weird. I have two teenage daughters and an adult daughter. It's nuts. I don't have little kids anymore. So we were talking about global warming. And we were talking about, um, you know, saving the planet and all that stuff. And I voiced to them my somewhat cynical occasional thoughts I have about global warming and, and, and saving the earth and all that stuff. And it's really more of a thought in terms of being um, a troublemaker and just stirring up trouble and, and being a devil's advocate kind of. Uh, I don't know if I totally believe this ridiculous like theory. Debate. I like debate. Have I ever shared this theory with you? No. So everybody thinks global warming, we got to save the earth, you know, recycle this and that because the earth's not going to be around. We're going to da, 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 da. And I said to my kids, I said, that's a very human, egocentric, selfish thought that we have to save the earth, save the world for ourselves and our children and our children's children. I said, who are we to say that the earth is ours to save? Maybe it should be the cockroaches or maybe it's um, by us saving the earth, we're preventing the natural or unnatural evolution of all of the species on this planet from possibly forming exoskeletons and humans turning into X-Men, you know, going to media and stuff. Like maybe we should allow the earth to go to crap and to go to pot because if we do that, maybe in X number of generations, we're not going to be killed out, but the monkeys are going to become like the planet of the apes people and maybe we'll grow wings. And But if we stop everything and halt everything, that's so ridiculous thinking we're not being open-minded to seeing how the earth should naturally progress or destroy because even if the earth maybe goes to pot and gets destroyed i don't mean marijuana goes to crap and gets destroyed maybe some other cool species or being will arise and who are we to prevent that and that's, that's a my very, uh, dark uh super villain type way to look at it no, but i yeah but i i like that it's in a way yeah it definitely is right or avengers I don't know. You Which watch, is coming you watch out. More of those yeah, exactly. 
Um, so that's my silly theory. And I shared it with my daughters and they and both like... what they say? They don't want to live in that kind of world? No, they both were like, hmm. I think they both think I'm nuts and weird. And they said, yeah, you need to back that argument up and give a better argument, Dad. And, that, and they kind of shut me down. But that's kind of my silly theory about, you know, when someone's like recycling, I'll sometimes be like... <laughs> you, uh, my dad's know. a little like that too. He's he? actually a geophysicist so oh, wow. he comes he's basically comes from a school of thought it's not really going to matter what we do You're, we're going to have the future you think anyways right there's only so much that right. can be done right and all of these elements there's a lot right. of we elements that are in our control and letting our co2 yeah, off right there's so many elements that are out of our control i think we're going to have this future probably anyway anyway right and i kind of unless, agree, I agree with him on that right unless we could do what what's his name did which is snap his fingers and have half of the planet Right. Get destroyed. But I guess the name? point... Oh, who? From the Avengers. The bad guy. What's I, his name? I'm blanking on his name. Something with the team. Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. Not Thanos. Oh, speaking of Thanos, I watched the, the documentary about the woman who had that company... Theranos. Oh, you did. Did you watch it? Yes, I watched it. What do you HBO? think? Yeah. What's it called? Um... Theranos. What's what's the name of that company about that woman? Yeah, I don't know what the I forget what the HBO documentary is called, but we talked about it a little bit. Did we talk about uh, it? Elizabeth Holmes is Elizabeth her name. Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, we um, did talk about it. Just like briefly. What was the name of that show? Pulling up. The Inventor. The Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. What do you think of it? Did we talk about it? No, let's no. talk about it. What do you think about it? I had listened to a podcast, so I kind of knew about that. Uh, um, so I kind of knew what was um, happening. Uh, I. What do you think about the documentary? I think she's... No, as a movie. As a movie? Yeah. What do you mean, making it Did you like the movie? movie? Did I like it? Yeah, I guess I liked it. I I didn't like it. You didn't like it? I was bored. Oh, okay. I sped through it. Because you already knew what was happening. Not necessarily, but it just... I didn't think it was a good movie. It was an inter- it's a great, interesting it story. It actually was a much better podcast. But I thought it was podcast. a bad movie. I agree. I thought there was going to be some big, bigger revelation than I did. Right. No, yeah, I thought it was a bad movie. But I mean, I do think she's an interesting topic. Oh, for sure. super interesting. And I mean, how much she was able to right. get away with. Right. But an amazing idea. I love that idea of not having to draw a ton of blood and not having to shove needles in people. Well, the thing that was surprising about the documentary is like, she obviously broke the law and she seems like a terrible person. But it actually seems like maybe that idea could work someday. I totally agree. I think it's a great idea and I think it's just a matter of time till so, someone could figure yeah, it out. Maybe she did put something out there that's good in the world. I think so. And I think if she hadn't, you know, been a criminal, you know, and done it slower, maybe she would have been able to do it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was terrible when they were actually testing patients and they didn't have the right results. That's terrible. Right. Plus, they were doing testing on regular other machines and then pretending they were getting it on her machine. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. But maybe someday. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody knows. A prick of blood will just tell us everything. There you go. We'll see. Or implantables, you know, like they'll already be within us, like a chip or like the people have in the same way people have insulin pumps. You know, you'll just already have it in you and it'll give you all the information at some point, maybe. How, how would that work? Explain. Insulin pumps? So an insulin pump is already implanted subcutaneously. It checks your sugar and gives you a little bit of insulin if you need it or not, mm-hmm. is my understanding. Okay. So... You may already be able to like hook on a little monitor that takes some blood oh. and gives you all the answers, and then you take it off, or you wear it all the time. Who knows? Uh, I don't know. 
this is going to be another question. Where you do go. you see the future of blood testing in 10 years? 10 years? I don't think we'll be that. I don't think we'll be there. Yeah. I, unless people, you know, a lot of people get together and I, part of it seems like it's doable. You know, I, I didn't, they didn't really talk about the science that much, you know, and the feasibility of it, I don't mm. think. I mean, one, I remember one of the scientists in the documentary was like, you can't do this, there's too much stuff, but... Right. But maybe you can't. I don't know. I'm not smart enough to understand it. I did think it was going to get more it. into that too, because right. it's still like, okay, we're just watching boxes being moved. Like they must have done something. She had all that money for ten years. Like what were they doing? I don't know. And it's it didn't seem like she was having such a lavish life either. Right. Right. She was in her office. And yeah, she wore the same thing every day. <laughs> I mean, so it's not Steve Jobs like, what turtle she, neck. I know. Hilarious. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, we'll see all if right. she goes to jail soon. There you go. She's not in jail. Uh, I think she's awaiting trial. Uh. And she's getting married. So. Really? Yeah. Oh, who's well, marrying her? I don't know. I just read that headline. Uh, I don't know who it is. Okay. Um, but going back to climate change, just so people don't write in and think I'm terrible, I do recycle. Do you do all like the good things that you're supposed to do? I feel like you do anyway. I try to do a lot of that stuff. But I I can see what you, I can see your point. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's kind of like cancer. I mean, if you can't stop it, at least maybe you can slow it down a little bit. That's a good point. Make the world a little bit better. Maybe. But better from what? But may, that's what I'm saying. Maybe what are we making it better for? Like You're maybe we're like, preventing so in general, our humans own evolution. Yeah, maybe humans aren't worth it. No, I'm not that. But maybe this, where we are, these humans maybe aren't the final species. And by recycling and doing all that stuff, we're preventing our own evolution. A, that sounds like a movie. Yeah, it's X Men. Yeah. There you go. But better than X Men. Okay. All right. Because it's our movie. Maybe you should write it. There you go. I wanted to talk to you about nightmare bacteria because there's a new... Okay. Um, the superbugs are, like, infecting this big New York Times Back article. Back to superheroes. That's why? Yeah, it's kind of like superheroes. that. But it's ba- it's also questions, like, I, I've been hearing from, like, my nurse friend, like, you know, I'm currently on penicillin for a sinus infection. I'll stay away. But she's always telling me, like, you know, you want to watch out for antibiotics, don't take too many, and, like, same with my aunt that's a nurse. I'm just wondering... And then this superbug comes out, and it's like nothing can kill it. Like, no kind of antibiotics can cure it. And have we, like, gone past the point, scientists are wondering? Like, have we reached where antibiotics are not going to be able to do anything in the future? We're going to tie it back into movies. It's that movie, that Will Smith movie that I like, Legend, or I Am Legend. What was that movie? I Am Legend, I I think. I Am Legend, right? Mm -hmm. Where... They were trying to come up with a cure for something, and it, it turned everybody into it, zombies. Right. right. Backfired. Yeah, exactly. So, kind of like that, or but not really. The thing with this is, uh, uh, this nightmare bacteria, is that, like, it, even is when Is it a bacteria? Patient, well, it's called... It's a, it's a fungus, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a fungus. What is it called? Candida auris. Very good pronunciation. Candida. Can, yeah. Candida auris. Yeah. So, that's a fungus. Amongus. Right, and even when the patient dies, because the patient will apparently die from this, I think, more than likely, um, it's all over the room. Like, they're finding it really hard to kill, like, everywhere. And, like, patients can get it from, like, uh, just, like, medical equipment or stuff that's in the room. So I don't, you know, I've I've not encountered it at all. I watched a little thing that you showed me. Um, So, personally, I don't have any experience with that one, but um, I do know that... Unfortunately, when we treat a bacteria or infection with uh, a treatment, whether it's antibiotics or whatever, it 
kills those, but it allows, you know, we have, there's everywhere. We have bacteria and fungus and, and viruses living all around. So, and there's hopefully, theoretically, an equilibrium. Like in our own intestinal tract, there are a ton of bacteria living there good ones and bad ones and hopefully luckily we're the good ones are doing their job and keeping the bad ones down low and so we feel well and uh and we have tons of bacteria living on our skin which is crazy you know when you think about it um um so certainly you know when you knock down unfortunately when we treat ourselves with antibiotics they're not so specific that they just attack one single species of um, bacteria, they tackle a family of bacteria possibly, and they may allow some of the other guys lurking around to rise up. And that's when you start having problems sometimes, but not always. You know, sometimes you take the right course of antibiotics, it knocks the guy down, and our our own immune systems are okay, that we're fine. But occasionally, if someone's immune system is knocked down for whatever reason, whether they're sick or or they're on some medicine or who knows what, you may allow some of the bad guys to rise up and do some bad stuff. So, and then what do probiotics do? Why are those like, I feel like those are... Probiotics. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. That's fungus too. You that know, is? probiotics. Yeah, it's 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 yeast, a lot of what probiotics are. Because I feel like yeast. they gave my dad an antibiotic and they told him to go get probiotics. And the reason is to try to re-get that normal homeostasis equilibrium of what's living within within us. And I think, uh, you know, I I think there's definitely data about making sure you have the good probiotics, but sometimes, um, sometimes we just, it seems like we just don't know and we're kind of making it up, I hate to say. Um, It's, it's bizarre stuff. You know, we're still, what's crazy is, you know, we're still figuring it out. And when we come up with a new antibiotic that kills this new evil bacteria, and sure enough, the next guy is going to rise up. And I think part of the problem is, is research and development of medicines and antibiotics is so slow and so protected and guarded and there's so many rules and regulations that we we're not on a par in terms of speed in terms of coming up with medicines it's just so expensive and so costly and so so many rules and regulations um to get a drug from the initial idea to actually out there approved by the fda so I think that's part of the problem too, is we're just not keeping up a little bit because of dollars and time and money and, and all of that. Um, so we're kind of playing catch up a little bit with, with the bacteria and the fungus and, and all those things. But part of me, just as a total aside, um, you know, feels that um, there's bacteria everywhere. And I almost think, and some people think that too, that we almost Purell too much. We almost wash our yeah, hands too much. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about that, you know, basically. Yeah, I, I think same kind of thing. There's a homeostasis and normal equilibrium of bacteria. So if we're constantly killing all the bacteria, we're not allowing our own body's immune system to build up to be able to tolerate and handle these bacteria. And I think some people um, might be more prone to infections you know you also wonder about like parents who don't let their children you know make a mess and get muddy and play with animals and all that stuff you know there have been some studies that show people um children who grow up with pets have less allergies really which is interesting yeah um and it probably has to do with animal poop you know for lack of a better and dirt and mush and Mm -hmm. that builds up our immune system Right. But again, 
you know. So you don't worry that, like, we as humans are getting too many antibiotics. Because I know they're, like, even giving animals, like, shots of antibiotics. And there's whole, like, campaigns now to stop that. Because even, like, vegetarians are getting them in their system. Yeah. And we're just building up too much of, I guess, Yeah, we are. Tolerance. You know, unfortunately, there is a lot of too much of... Everything. I, yeah, we're the we're the society of too much. Right. Everything. Um, and I and I envy and I and I love those people who are going out and kind of the minimalists and the what is the word for them? I'd watch some TED talks on them. Not minimalists. There's a I don't remember. Not hippies. Do you hippies. know what I'm talking about? No, not hippies. <laughs> but um, the minimalists, you know, who really try to get rid of excess and get, you know, and really go back to nature and get rid of all the stuff. I wish I could do it, especially me. I'm like a hoarder, which is pathetic. I, I wish I could just get rid of everything and, and just live in the wild and Live in a tiny place in L.A. That's what yeah. I do. I have to get right, rid of exactly. stuff all the time. Yeah, and it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. And, and sometimes, you know, we think we have this amazing medicine that, you know, a year later we find all these crazy side effects and, and it disappears. And uh, and then maybe it gets revisited years later because someone is using it for something else, and it turns out it's amazing for something else. And so you don't worry about like when you hear stuff like this. You worry about it, but it's kind of like you know. I remember when HIV and hepatitis became more at the forefront. It's just part of your everyday concerns. I almost think that if you worry about it too much, sometimes you may make more mistakes. You know, because you're focused on it and you're nervous and you're anxious about it. You know, I think there, you know, we talk about universal precautions. You know, you put on gloves when you're dealing with someone, you'd be super careful. You're not careless with needles and knives. And, you know, you wash your hands. You, if you're doing a procedure, you make sure you're sterile. And, and um, I sometimes think going over and beyond sometimes could invite more trouble than it's worth. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, I worry about it and I think about those things, but I don't. Uh, I don't obsess, I guess. Okay. And then, I mean, I've heard that people can get, they're more likely to get sicker the longer that they're in a hospital. Is that right. because of all the people coming in and out, all the different... I don't know if it's so much about the people coming out, but I think it's because in the hospital we're treating these bad, evil, nasty infections and we're giving all these patients antibiotics. So sometimes those evil you know someone may be careless and not wash and not do this and and not who knows what and mm -hmm. and something could spread just hand to hand or contact and and who knows what and so that's why you try to get them out of the hospital as soon as possible nothing to do that's with one of the reasons just like well it's definitely insurance too but <laughs> but uh but it is one reason why you know we say you know the more you're in the hospital the more you're in the hospital so let's get you out back into a normal environment where things are normal Okay. What am I looking forward to? Well, it's Passover this weekend. Oh. So we're flying to New York tomorrow to be with my sister on the Lower East Side. Oh, that's where the superbugs are. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to go visit the superbugs and then we'll come back and bring them back here. Um, last night we saw Fiddler on the Roof. How was it? That was great. I forced my chill. It was, I think it was opening night last night at the Pantages. It was great. You know, it's a tried and true, super old um, musical. Uh, and I've seen, you know, with Topol and I've seen it with uh, Zero Mostel and I've seen it on the, the movie version. I've seen Alfred Molina play Tevia, not a Jew, Italian guy. He did a great really? job years wow. ago in New York. And um, 
we saw last night, I had to force my wife and kids kind of to go. They were all reluctant to go. Had they been with you a bunch of times to see Fiddler on the Roof? Were they like, no. not again? They've seen, no, but they they don't, <laughs> unfortunately, kidding. they don't have that theater okay. gene bug, and it upsets me because I love that stuff. I like stuff. the theater, too. I just haven't been in a long yeah. time. Yeah. So I kind of had to drag them, and I, I think they were all in different levels really happy we saw it. Oh, good. Yeah, my wife was really thrilled. Um, my eldest daughter, I think, really enjoyed it. Um, my youngest one really enjoyed it. The middle one, I'm not so sure. But <laughs> but I, she did she she did have a lot of schoolwork today, uh, so she was a little upset with me. But I, I don't think she was sad that she went. Well, that's a really good um, yeah. daughter to have. If yeah. she was upset with you, she didn't get to do her schoolwork. That's true. It reminded me, Fiddler on the Roof reminds me of my grandfather, who died too young of a heart attack. But I remember when he took me and my family when I was a young kid to see it in New York City. And I don't remember the play so much then, but I just remember going with my grandfather, who was the most amazing man in the entire world. Um, well, that's sweet. And yeah. then you got to take your family. And that's why I wanted to do it, to, to give them that. That's very nice. So you're off to New York. Off to New York. What about you? What do you have going on? Uh, this weekend? Probably nothing. I went to... Easter. Uh, yeah. No, no Easter for you? I was raised Catholic. My dad is probably listening to this, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't celebrate. You're going to be doing Easter the whole weekend. You're, you're starting Friday. You're I got an Easter do... dress. I got Good. a new bonnet. Nice. Eggs. Easter eggs. Uh-huh. Did you ever Easter do an Easter egg hunt? for my husband? Yeah, we. I mean, growing up. I, yeah. Nice. My kids like making the Easter egg stuff. Oh, the dye? Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. They used to. I, I don't think they do anymore. So... Um, thanks for joining us at Gross Anatomy. Thank you. Anatomy. Please, please, please give us questions on Instagram. Yeah, we love the questions. Instagram us or Facebook too. Yeah. Or our own Facebook. site. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, grossanatomypodcast.com. Yeah, Send we'd love to hear from you. Well. Check out our Instagram. What's our Instagram? Gross Anatomy Podcast. There you go. Same as Facebook. Yeah, and just remember that even though I'm a doctor, I just play one on TV. <laughs> Good. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.